to glorify your holy name, Jesus Christ. 
never be the same no I'll never be the same cause I know when you're alive you came to fix my broken life and I sing to glorify
That is the prayer of our hearts, Father. That your fire, your passion, and your love would burn in our hearts. That our hearts would recognize you and sense you and become more alive tonight as your living and active spirit. God, I do pray that we would be your burning ones, Father. We would be hungry for who you are because when we experience your living presence, we can't help but to come alive and be more of who you've created us to be. We just 
just ask God right now just to remind him, ask him to remind you who you are to him. of the Father on you guys right now. Mm, like the Lord is just pouring out such fresh love and he's just so proud of all of you guys just because you're his kids. And I just feel such a heart of the Father on you guys and he just wants you to know he's just so proud of you guys. He just sees you as his beloved and there's nothing that you could do that would obstruct you from receiving that love from the Father. He says, I want to pour it out like a waterfall upon you, that you would receive his love afresh tonight, God. We just say we're just open for that, Lord. We just want you, God, um, that if we just live all of our days and we just know you and we just know your love, God, that is what we want. And that's all that we want, <laughs> just to live a life in your presence, God. Um, so we just love you in this moment, God. We just love you for who you are, Lord. Um, we love you personally. We love you corporately tonight, God. Yeah, Lord, I just let that just come like a waterfall on us, Lord. Just an open heaven of your love upon us, God. That's all we want. That's all we want, God, just to know you, Lord. Would you just make that so simple for us, God, and just that childlikeness, God, that we're just your kids, and we're just here just to be loved on by you, God, and we are just thankful tonight. We're just thankful for you, Lord, just for you. <laughs> so we say we love you, God. Um, let every heart receive what the Father has in Jesus' name. Um, God, let us be open. God, and I just pray, Father, I just feel like I hear this, <laughs> God, I do just pray that you would make us your burning ones, every time I prepare for a talk or I do anything ministry related, I try to say, God, please speak to me and through me. And God, we ask for your fire to fall and to touch our hearts, to captivate our heart, to penetrate our heart, that you change us from the inside out. But it doesn't stop there. I pray that we would be your burning ones, God. That we, as we come more alive in you, the fire and the love and the passion that touches our lives would jump like wildfire to other people. We just pray right now, God, that we would be burning ones for you so that the campuses of U of I and Parkland would be changed and never the same. And we're already going off script, God, as you know, but we don't want this to be regular church. God, we pray that you would do something new tonight, God. Something that you've never done in our hearts and our lives. That as Abby Ann said earlier, that we would be marked. As today would be something different, something new, something deeper than we've ever gone before. So Holy Spirit, we just come and we say, come and have your way. 
and fire touch our lives, God. Touch our lives with your love, God. Let it burn in our hearts that we would talk to our family members and talk to our friends and talk to our fraternity and sorority sisters, the people on our teams, the people in our classrooms and on our campuses that don't know you, God. We pray that you come, Holy Spirit, and breathe on us. Mark our lives tonight to be your burning ones, to be your hungry ones. To take us deeper than you've ever taken us before.
us, Father. Do what only you can do, God. Set us apart. Burn, Holy Spirit. Allow us to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord our God. Use us to change this nation, to change the world. God, I, I pray, I pray, God, set a fire, set a fire in us. You're all-consuming fire. We don't want to do normal things. We don't want to be an average Christian, a nominal, fruitless Christian. We want to show the love of Christ in radical ways. We want to help the broken, help the hurting, love the lost. We want to see people come to you, God, to see your love, to see your burning, to see your eyes so they can see your freedom, so they can see your reality, to see your kingdom, for your kingdom has come and it's here. Holy Spirit, burn in us. Apart from you, we can do nothing, God. Apart from you, it's all in vain. But through you, all things are possible. All things are possible. Miracles can happen when you're here. Your fire is not small. We don't want to be a little light. God, I pray, I don't want to be a little light. I want to be an inferno for your kingdom. If that's you, if that's your heart cry of saying, I want more of God so I can show more of him, raise your hand. I invite you. This is a holy moment. And the Holy Spirit's going to unleash a fire that will never burn out, that will never be quenched, that will never, ever cease. So Holy Spirit, burn in us and through us, God. Have your way. Mark us as an inferno for these campuses. Allow Parkland and you and I to see the holy love of a relentless, unconditional, loving God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Can we give that worship band a round of applause, please? Man. <laughs> so I've struggled with fear my whole life. And I've struggled with the fear of what people think of me my whole life. In high school, I was popular, but I was a fake inside. I just became what I thought everyone else wanted me to be. And I had no idea who I was inside. I had no idea who the real Ryan Otto was. And I've literally been on a journey ever since I was 21 and I asked Jesus into my heart to battle fear because it's paralyzed me my entire life. And honestly, I'm sick of it. And I've still been on a battle to this day. So I'm up here and... Uh, I'm actually down there, and I just feel like I hear the nudge of the Lord, take off your shoes. And I've done that before. Some of you are like, Rye, what's the big deal? <laughs> Other you guys are like, dude, that's weird. Why is the shoes off? It smells. Um, <laughs> thanks for laughing. Um, but I was scared. I was like, I don't want to take off my shoes. Like, I, that's weird. Like, people don't do that in church. And then I feel like I heard it. Exactly. And then I'm up here, and Abby Ann's praying, and we weren't supposed to do burning ones, and I felt like we were supposed to, so I asked Kyle, and I'm like, well, Lord, what do I do now? Do I get off stage? I'm not a worship leader. And he just said, worship. And my, uh, oh, thank you, David Wengartz, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, bro. And my pastor at my home church in Ohio uh, told me in times of very great difficulty where he feels stressed and he's struggling, he goes in a room completely dark and lays completely on his face with his arms out wide. And he says he, do he does that because it's the, most, it's the deepest position of surrender that a person can be in. And he even imagines Jesus on the cross. And he does that for the Lord to encounter him in a real and deeper way than what he, how he normally prays. And so I, I kind of do that often, but um, I felt like God told me to do that. And so I'm up here on stage doing that, and then all these thoughts come into my mind. Oh, you're just doing this for performance. Oh, what are other people going to think? Even the thought of, oh, everyone's going to see your bald spot. <laughs> real thought, just being honest, real recognizes real, right, Jake? Um, and it's like, and I just like, I'm like, be quiet. And the enemy always is trying to distract us. And this quote, I've said it at some of our small groups, but if he can't defeat us, which I don't believe he can because we have Jesus and he can't defeat Jesus, you know what he does? He tries to distract us. He's a liar. He's a thief. And you know what? He comes, he sets all these good things to do in front of our lives. Where's Zach? I just told Zach this today. Zach here? There he is. And, and I, he, he puts all these things in our lives to do, the do to do, but it distracts us from the best thing. I could go up and, and start picking up trash everywhere in Champaign, and that would be good. But is that the best thing? I think the best thing is being here with you guys tonight, encountering the living God. Because when that happens, we change. We change from the inside out. 
And I believe the best thing is knowing him, being intimate with him, listening to him, spending time with him. And that's a journey. And a journey for me is ups and downs. But that's the best thing because when we spend time with him, it's like plugging that phone and getting in its power. We start to come alive and we start to know him. And as we know him, we start to know who we are. And can I just say, I felt like the Lord showed me this week that alive is not meant to be it. Church is not meant to be it. I believe we're supposed to model what we want you to do on your own with God. I don't know if you've ever had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or someone you've loved. Um, but, you know, hanging out in groups are fun, right? Like we learn about them. We do different things in groups. But nine out of ten times, you probably just want to hang out with them one-on-one -on -one besides hanging out in a group. Because you get to know people better, even in friendships. When I, meet, I'm, I just met with Zach today. We got to know each other more than we're going to get to know each other tonight because there's, I don't know, 80 people in this room. We got to have a talk. I got to hear how he's doing. When we hang out with people one-on-one, -on -one, it's just different. And guys, this is totally off script, but I just feel like the Lord wants me to know and us to know that intimacy is the key. Intimacy is the key. We're not meant to just memorize this book. I was just, sorry, Zach, I'm talking about you a lot. But I was just talking to him, and he's like, well, I read the Bible every night. Um, but, you know, it just, it's just hard. Sometimes it feels like a chore. I'm like, dude, I know what you mean. I'll be like, but guess what? If you wrote a book about your life and you gave it to me, you know what's so fun is to read the book with you and read it and be like, oh, wait, Zach, what did you mean when you wrote this? Or what were you feeling when you went through this? Or how does this apply to my life? Did I read it, but then I talk to him and I listen to him and I spend time with him. And guys, I just feel like that's a reminder first to me and all to us. Intimacy. That's where the real work starts. That's where, real, where the real work happens. God is, even says it. Don't go and pray in front of all people so you can be seen. Get in your prayer closets. Be with him where God sees you. Shut the door. Because what happens in there prepares us for out here. And what happens in here prepares us for out there. We're not here to be seen. The only reason I'm on this stage right now is because my sound guy, Chris, who I love, made me stand up here because of lighting. And I've been fighting for him about it all year. You can ask him. But I listen to him. <laughs> so God, I just thank you for this night. I thank you for all the encounter nights this year. I can't believe that this is the last one. But I thank you that we have a month left. I thank you that a month from today we're going to be on the quad, outside, worshiping our hearts out for people, to, for people to hear and see and be changed by your love, God. And I just thank you, God, that you are stirring the pot now, that you are making us your burning ones so that we can be a change. God, I just pray right now you would do something new, first in my life and then in my friends' lives. That you do something new, that this isn't performance, this isn't religion, this isn't church. God, open our hearts. Take us deeper. I just pray for any walls right now. If anyone just feels like they're coasting, that they don't even want to be here, they're not engaging. I just pray you break through those walls right now, God. Stir us, Father. Help us know you more. <laughs> we want to know you more like we know a friend. In Jesus' name. I just say thanks for coming. <laughs> Seriously, thanks for being here.
You could be anywhere in the world tonight and you came here. Whether your girlfriend brought you or your boyfriend brought you or you came, it's your first time or your 50th time. Thanks for being here and thanks for being a part of this family. We are uh, in a series this semester. We're going through the book of Acts. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about Acts 11 and we got some cool stuff planned. Um, and then we're going to get the worship band out up here because that's really why everyone's here, right? I mean, yeah, at least that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, hey, P.S., uh, where's Leah? Leah, where you at? This girl, I just want to give her a shout out. She's our worship director. Um, man, she was like the first person when I got hired I went to and I didn't even know her. I prayed and I'm like, hey, I need a worship leader. Are you in? <laughs> and she's been with me ever since and it's just been an amazing journey. She just came out with a single on iTunes. It's called Stay. Uh, just type in Leah Bice, it's called Stay, check it out. Um, it's not a Christian tune, but it's still good. And she wrote it, and it's just cool. Um, and, and God can speak through non-Christian tunes because he's so cool like that. <laughs> um, so check that out. Also, uh, we're hoping, hoping, and you can all go give Chris Ratcliffe a hug and beg him to make this happen. But we're hoping this summer to come out with a live Encounter Night EP album with like five or six songs. So we're actually recording right now. So sing loudly, because you might be on there. Um, <laughs> so we're just so excited. We're so blessed by this worship band and, and what God's doing. Um, so I just wanted to give that a shout out. But we are in, we're going through the book of Acts, and we're on Acts 11 tonight. Uh, last week, Diane Lehman, our senior pastor, shared about the story of Peter and Cornelius. Uh, Peter um, was, was sent out and commissioned to the Jews, to, to reach the Jews and share the gospel. But the Lord came and met him in a way that he didn't expect. And I believe the first thing the Lord wants us to know tonight, that he can't and he won't be put into a box. And if you try to put him in a box like I did most of my life, you're just holding yourself back. And it's, he's seriously like the ocean. The more, there's, you guys know there's parts of the ocean that we've never ex explored we, we just can't. We don't have the technology. Do you know there's animals and, and fish and things in the oceans that, that exist that we don't know of? And I believe that's such a great metaphor to God's heart. It's so majestic. I love the ocean, but also scares the shnikes out of me. <laughs> Seriously. Like, man, if, every time I'm on a plane and I'm flying over the ocean, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me go down. If I do, just take me to heaven. I don't want to be, like, cast away on that raft or that whale comes up out of nowhere. <laughs> um, seriously, you think I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> but, man, his heart's like an ocean. He wants to take us deeper. And guys, I grew up in church. Ben grew up in church. Ryan Tucker grew up in church. Like Jake. I mean, we, we grew up in church. But there's so much of God that he wants us to know. And just starts opening our hands, opening our hearts. And say, God, teach me something new. Teach, teach me who you are. Help me know how you see me. Like we look into a mirror, right? Look into his mirror. Show me who I am, God. That's what these nights are about. We don't want to just talk about God, but we want to experience God. We want to have more room, have longer time so we don't have to rush and clean up, clean up at the Y. And just have this space to be a little unreligious and let God move. So if you're freaked out right now and you don't know what you got yourself into, hold on, it's going to be okay. No one's going to make you do something that you don't want to do. But just say, God, have your way. Have your way. 
So, so, so the Lord meets Peter and he says, I want you to go and, and talk to the Gentiles. And he's like, no, forbid that. I'm not going to do that. And he gives, us, he gives him this crazy vision. And as we know from last week, if you weren't here last week, you want to check out that podcast? If you like that plug, go ahead and do that. It's on iTunes, Alive in Your Cow Ministry. Thank you. Akunda, I like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, man, and, and so he goes and does this. So now we pick up in Acts 11. And do you guys ever do something, like whether it's the Lord that told you to do something or just something crazy, and then you're like, oh, shoot, what did I do? <laughs> like, oh, no, I didn't. Like you wake up the next morning and you're like, I did not say that. I did not ask that girl out on this date, did I? <laughs> like, what? I just got an F on my test, you know? Or let's make it something good. Like, I just signed up for this trip and I got to go do that what like 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 we do stuff and then we're like oh shoot but what about when the Lord put something radical and crazy on our heart to sign up to go to Mexico and you don't have money and you don't even want to go to sign up to go on this 11 month journey around the world and you're like what the heck you know to come to an alive encounter night with you don't know what the heck you're getting into guy preaches with barefoot and his feet smell what the heck that's weird <laughs> But man, you go. But then people you love. Have you ever noticed when God puts something on your heart, sometimes he uses the people closest to you to kind of make you second guess that? And we all love our parents, but sometimes it's our parents. Sometimes. You know, sometimes it's not. But, but, but so we're in this, and Peter does this thing, and now people are criticizing him. They're doubting it, even believers and friends that he knows and he does life with. He's like, what, you're not being called to, to the Gentiles? You can't do that. That's not God's people. And he starts to explain his actions. Put yourself in the story. What is something that God has called you to or put on your heart for you to do? But people have doubted you. No, Mark, that's not God. That's yourself. You're making that up. Don't go do that, but you know that you know that you know that God has called you and God has spoken to you. What would you do? I want to share a verse from John 5, 19 before we get into Acts 11 that I believe sets up the story. And Jesus says this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son, he's talking about himself, can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father first doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Have you guys ever noticed when you read scripture and you read the gospels, Jesus never turns anyone away. But when he goes into the village, it's almost like he has a GPS signal, go right, go left, go here, go here. Like he has a plan of where he's going to. Do you also notice how much time in the, in the gospels he spends with the father? How much time he gets away even from his disciples, even from Peter, John, and James. And he says, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> I need, I'm getting up early, I'm going up the mountain, I'm spending time with God. I believed he lived in this reality where he was constantly present with people, but he was always fully connected to God. He listened to the Spirit, and he had a GPS almost signal of where to go and what to do. I don't know about you, but now that GPS, I have a GPS in my car, people, like, I've been <laughs> home to Ohio since I've lived here, like, at least 10 times, and people ask me all the time, oh, what route do you take? Do you take this road or that road? I'm like, I don't know, I just listen to my GPS. <laughs> and that's good, but that's also scary when it says turn right, I go right. I don't guess it, second guess it. I don't, you know, if I do second guess it, I open it up another GPS that's on my phone, and I listen to that one instead. <laughs> 
But what if we lived our lives like that? What if we heard and knew the voice of God so clearly that we just listened? That we just listened. That we weren't afraid of what other people thought, what our parents were going to say. We want to respect and honor our parents, though. But we listened to God. It was always supported by scripture. We listened when we walked down in community. And we learned to know the voice of our Father. I promise, I was a scared kid. I was a fake. I thought I was a mistake most of my life. I'd never been out of the country at age 27. And when you let God in, he'll take you on the most amazing adventures and do the amazing things you could have never done by yourself. If you would have told me that I would have been a pastor and I would have been leading a college ministry at any point in my life besides two years ago, I would have laughed at you and said, you're crazy. But if God can take a nobody like me, he can take a someone like you and use you for powerful and amazing things. Luke 12, 11 through 12 says this. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to, how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So God's moving in your life. So you want to do things. But people you love don't understand it and don't support it. And when you move and when you do radical things and you sign up for these trips and you get pushed back or your friends make fun of you. Jen, we've talked. Your friends on your floor don't understand and criticize you and mock you. What do we do? Do we trust that the Holy Spirit will defend us? That the Holy Spirit will give us the words and the power and the passion to know what to say? Think about that. So in Acts 11, verse 12, Peter starts explaining to his friends and his, his community why he did what he did. And I just have to point out this. He says, the Spirit told me to have no hesitation and go with them. In the vision, he saw a group of six people, six men coming to get him that he didn't know, that he didn't trust. But when they came, Holy Spirit said, go. And he trusted that. Do we trust when the Holy Spirit gives us those nudges? Says, take off your shoes. Do we trust when he says, go do this, go pray for this? My friend recently told me this a crazy, amazing story, and I'm, I'm so proud of him for it. But he saw, the other day, he saw someone robbing cars. And, and he, he's like, he got up, he's like, hey! And he yelled at the guy, you know, and the guy ran away. And, and the funny thing, this is the second time this has happened to him. So I don't know if he's meant to be like a car salesman or a cop or what. But, you know, he just keeps seeing people rob cars. And he keeps stopping them. So that's awesome. But then the Lord spoke to him. And he's like, go pray for this guy. And he's like, what? He's like, this guy might have a gun. This guy might have a knife. Like, what? But he knew it was God. He knew it was God. And it was actually that came on a day when he was feeling pretty blue. He was feeling pretty down. He was feeling pretty kind of just discouraged. And times when we feel weak and we feel like we have nothing to give is oftentimes God uses us the most. Because it's, it, it takes stepping out in faith and say, God, I can't do this. I have nothing to give. But I'm going to trust that you're going to show up. So he gets on his shoes and he's running downstairs. He's running down the street. He doesn't, he doesn't see this guy. And he's, he, this happened right on campus, by the way. <laughs> so lock your cars. Um, but, and he, and he, so he's running around and he finally sees this guy. You know, and I think the guy recognized him, and he's just like, hey, man, like, I just, can I come talk to you? And, and he went up, and, 
He's like, hey, like, I just, I just want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And this guy let him pray for him. You know, and they, you know, when he told me this story, I'm like, you, were, you had your eyes open the whole time, right? <laughs> and he's like, yes. <laughs> so I'm glad. If you're ever praying for people you don't know, keep your eyes open. Um, that's just older bro looking out for you, right, Mark? <laughs> um, and, and so he prays for this guy. And the guy said, thank you. And then he ran away. And he went to go rob more cars. <laughs> no, I don't know if he did that. Um, but, man, I was so proud, proud of my bro telling me this. And, like, that took courage. That took faith. And he did it not just because he wanted to be a good guy or, you know, talk. You know, he didn't even, he does, he didn't even want anyone to know this story. And I'm sharing it because I'm not going to say his name, but because it's a, it's a powerful story. It will inspire us that when the Lord speaks to us, when we listen, he does amazing things, guys. And so I love that Peter says, he's, he's defending himself. He's like, the Spirit told me, and I went, I had no hesitation. And then he goes on to say this, uh, picking up in verse 15. He says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, and he had, as he had come on us at the, uh, at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord said. He said, John baptized with water, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections. And they praised God saying, so then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. If I were to admit something to you, I think I judge people too much. And, and I hate that. I never want to judge someone. And most of you who know me, I hope, would be like, really? No, you don't. But sometimes, you, you know, you can judge people keeping, keeping internal judgments without ever saying it. They might not know it, but you kind of think of things. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie The Shack. If you haven't seen that, please go see that. If you can't afford it, I'll pay for you to go see it. It's in the movies right now. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And it explains the heartbeat of God in a way that it's never been explained. Um, but in that movie, it challenges us. Do we judge people or do we see them as God's kids? If God can take someone like Saul and change him to Paul, he can save anyone, guys. Do we believe that he wants to partner with us and work in our lives and through our lives? I was just praying for, for some friends uh, about a relationship with, with a family member. And I said, out of all the people in the whole world, God created you to be family with this family member. So he believes that our families, biological and not biological, needs us. So we believe that you might be in the frat or the sorority or the business club or whatever, Parkland and U of I for a reason. And that, guys, we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot in Alive because it breaks our hearts when churches don't talk about him because Jesus left so that we could have him. And you can't read a book of Acts without talking about the Holy Spirit. The, the whole book, the book of Acts is the gospel of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and our heartbeat every day is to be more and more open to him. Because when we know him and we hear him, he uses us. So the story goes on to say this. Some of them, however, went to Cyprus and Cyrene. Um, and they went up to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. 
the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Just like that song, fire come down and then burning ones, do you believe God saves us and changes us? He gets us through the tunnel, and he says, hey, I want you to go back and be a lifeguard now. I want you to go back through the storm that I just brought you out of and go rescue some people. And I love in this story, they were against what Peter did, guys. But Peter, through the power of the Holy Spirit, shared the story. And the story inspired them. And then some of these same people who objectified and didn't agree with what Peter did, they said, now we're going. We're going to Antioch. If you can uh, proclaim the gospel to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, we're doing that too. And I love that it says, just as the Lord was with Peter, the Lord was with them. As we share the story, as we share our story, we share God's story, and a great number of believers came to know the Lord. I say this to the leaders all the time, but I'm convinced that the best thing besides knowing Jesus for ourselves is being called into the game. Let that sink in for a second. The best thing besides knowing Jesus for ourselves is being called into the game. Who's, who's played a sport in here? Can you raise your hand? Who's been on the bench at one point and not in the actual game? Doesn't something burn in you and you, would, you just want the coach to call your number, to call your name? You just want a chance to prove yourself? And then that, what is that feeling like when he calls on you? And you get that chance. Guys, Jesus saves us, and then he uses us. Do we believe that? He shows us who we are and whose we are. He shows us our identity and then our destiny. Do you believe that you have a destiny for your life and that God wants to use you? But just like that cell phone analogy, if that cell phone's not charged up, it's just a paperweight, guys. It can be the new iPhone 8 plus, 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 plus. If it's not charged up, it's not going to do Jack Diddley squat. You like that word? Kundai taught me that. Sorry, I just fibbed. He didn't. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. Crystal, can you always sit in the front and just laugh? And Kenzie, man, it makes me feel good. David, did you pay them to do that? <laughs> not this time. <laughs> so I want to finish up the story and then I'm going to get out of here. I'm not really going to leave, but we're going to do something else. <laughs> when he arrived, he saw, so, so then, so Barnabas, Barnabas, this is awesome man of God, Paul's right-hand man. And, and he goes, and he says, when he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. And he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. The evidence. He saw the evidence. What evidence is seen in our lives when people look at us? I don't want to just talk about him. I don't want to just know him in my head. I want to know him in here. I want to look like him. I want to live like him. I want to sound like him. Even on my worst days, I want to be like him. Do we smell like him? Do we carry the aroma of Christ with us? When we look at people, do we look and see them as, as God sees them? 
Guys, when I, when I go home with the Lord one day, I don't want to be known as a great preacher. <laughs> Someone's like, good, because you're not. <laughs> ben, why were you thinking that, Ben? What the heck? <laughs> I don't want to be known as a great pastor. I want to be known as someone who loved God and loved others, who was a real friend. Might think, man, that dude was crazy. That dude was, man, he was just cray-cray. <laughs> but he loved me, he was real with me, and he loved God. And we knew what we were going to get. What's the evidence of our lives, God? And whose legacy are we living for? Are we living for our own legacy or for his legacy? I have to ask myself that all the time. You know, I pray, you know, Lord, just touch one person tonight. If you touch one person, that's good enough. And the Lord challenged me this week, so if one person comes alive, are you going to be happy? It's like, dang, I'd be pretty lonely. <laughs> I know David's going to be here, so I guess it's just me and David hanging out. <laughs> man, if Kate doesn't even come, man, we're really in trouble. <laughs> Kate's his girlfriend, if you didn't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes we pray for people, Lord, give them the anointing, double the anointing that you've ever given me. So then they preach an awesome word, and no one wants to listen to you anymore because they want to listen to them. Am I okay with that? When we sing that song that we love, simple gospel, I want to know you more, Lord, like I know a friend. What do you mean that? I actually hope at the end of my life that people don't really remember me at all, but they remember him. They know the one that I lived for because of the evidence that they've seen in my life and in our lives. That when people hear of alive, they might think, whoa, that, that ministry's a little crazy. You know what? They're a little passionate, but you know what? They love Jesus. And that people, the real fruit of people is when they leave and Kundai graduates and you seniors graduate and you go change the world because of what God started in here. That what he does in here, he's going to use us out there. That's real evidence that when people are looking and when no one's looking. Do we know him like we know a friend? I just love that. He saw the evidence. Then Barnabas went up to Tarsus to look for Saul, and, we found, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. A whole year. And I read that, I thought of Danielle, Danielle Strickland's message, if any of you guys were here at the More Love, More Power conference. And she said, so much of ministry and so much of our life of God is like surfing. And she's like, surfing, like when you ride that wave, it's exhilarating, it's exciting. There's no place you'd rather be. But you know what, 75% of surfing is working and waiting. You're swimming against those waves. If it was me, I'd be looking for sharks because that would be scaring me, <laughs> just being honest. But then you're waiting. And guys, it, it, a whole year they stayed at the church and taught people and met with people and was just real with people. And, and that's why we do small groups. We want to be real with people. We want to have a community. Again, I was just talking to Zach. Zach, you're like, I'm never coming back. Stop talking about me. But I was like, man, like, we don't want this to just be McDonald's, grab your food and then go. We want this to be getting involved, being a family, being real with people. 
There's coaches. We have like eight or ten of them who have full-time jobs but volunteer a lot of hours to do this because they were once a student and they want to pour into you. We have leaders that are part of many organizations. Abby Ann's on a dance team. She does it every day and she doesn't even think they're that good, but they are good because you're on that team. Her words, not mine. <laughs> but yet she comes and she pours her life into this. Naomi does so much behind the scenes. And we all do this because we want to be a family. We want to grow together. We want to stay together. We want to help each other in good times and hard times. We want to be real with each other, to inspire each other. And hopefully then you guys go out and inspire others. Are we faithful in the little? Because I believe when we are, he'll use us in a lot. In Psalm 14, God, it says that God looks down from heaven and looks at the hearts of all people. And I often ask myself, what does he see when he looks at, looks at my heart? Am I someone that loves him? Am I someone that wants to know him? Am I someone that's faithful? When people are looking and when no one is. It's easy to stand up here when you have people looking at you. But do you come here when no one's here just to be with him? Let him have his way in your life and watch how he uses you. The story ends in Acts 11, 25 through 26, and it says, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Wow. They were first known as Christians. They were first known to have an identity and a destiny greater than themselves. And it all started by Peter having faith to go with people that he didn't trust, that he didn't know, and he let God use him and change the history of the world. This was the same guy that probably not a year before doubted and denied Christ three times. Your past and your mistakes do not define you, but he does. Do you trust that and believe that? God, I thank you, Father, that you show us who we are and whose we are. And you show us the identity and destiny that you have in our lives. And God, I thank you that Peter had the faith to go. God, I pray that you would use us on this campus, on these campuses, and in our lives in a way that only you can. And Holy Spirit, if, if no one knows you tonight, first of all, Jesus, if no one knows you, we pray that tonight would be the night that changes their lives forever. And Holy Spirit, if people know Jesus but don't know you, I just pray that you would fall and that you would touch and you would power and you would inspire in a way that you never have before and that this would be the night that marks our lives where we're never the same. God, even right now, I just pray you'd have more of my heart, that I would love you more by receiving more of your love for me. That Chris Radcliffe right now, who, who works here and who's grown up, grown up in church, that he would right now know you more than he ever has before. That Matt Chupp would, would know you more tonight, God, than he ever has. That Gabe would know you more tonight. He can't even play the drums because he's being overwhelmed with your love. That you would move tonight, God, in a way that only you can. God, I thank you for the power of testimony. I thank you for what Peter did, for what Paul did, but most of all what you did. Use our lives as a living testimony and change us from the inside out. You don't play games with us, God. You don't hide from us, God. You don't tease us, God. 
I see this, this phrase from the movie The Shack, and I'll just be real, uh, in the movie, God's portrayed as an African-American woman, and that wigs some people out, but she says something to this character named Mac, and she says, honey, you misunderstand the mystery. And the movie isn't saying she's an, uh, uh, that God's an African-American woman, um, and later he, he changes, but the point in the story, the guy couldn't receive a father because he had wounds from his father. So God, I just pray right now that in the areas of our hearts and our lives that we misunderstand the mystery, that you'd show us your truth. Because truth without love is not truth at all. Show us who you are, God, and show us who we are. Thank you. 
God, I thank you that you've moved and that you are moving. And God, I just thank you, Father, that we each have a story. God, show us how you didn't give your heart in pieces to Austin. So for any of you last Wednesday, you might have heard me share a little bit about my trip to Mexico. Pretty cool guy me and uh, Eric got to meet with. But um, we're going to jump straight to the point tonight. You guys have heard, like, the introduction. And basically, it ended out that the guy's heart had positioned. It has changed from him wanting money from us to, like, wanting, wanting a companionship. And when he asked this for prayer at the end of the week, it kind of broke my heart in a few ways. One, because God had, like, unintentionally used me when I was just trying to jump after you and, like, pray for healing, see healing, and, like, just see radical breakthrough. But, like, he just wanted a companion just to, like, share his time with. So it was cool to see how God had, you know, with my just, just dumb luck, just used me to be someone else's miracle. And that's one of the key points I want to hit on tonight is, like, Healing's great and everything. We can see all this radical stuff. But sometimes, like, God God just wants you to take out a step and just spend some time with somebody. Like, you don't have to see something crazy to be someone else's miracle. And then it also broke my heart because, like, this was a, this was a man who had seen, like, some pretty crazy things. Like, he was a preacher himself. He had seen just, like, crazy healings that, like, if you want to hear more about it, I'm glad to share with you later. But, like, he didn't know the heart of the Father me and Eric are sure we're going to see him in heaven someday, but, like, his one desire was just to have someone to live this life with. And, man, we've just been, we've just been hitting on it all week long and all month long, really, but, like, God did not die on the cross just to get a little bit of a menu. Like, we're not supposed to live from miracle to miracle, you know, from, from hill to valley, like, God, God makes every, like, every hill is brought down and every valley is brought up, straight path. Like, it's, like, you cannot live this life without the Holy Spirit in you every day. Like, Ryan was saying it earlier, like, this is not it. Like, the life is great, but this is not it. church is supposed to be for the equipping of the saints and like sure you can get filled up like please do not leave this building light without being filled up and right now I'm just like God's taking me back to this moment um, over the summer we're doing some just like some silly spiritual activity with one of my pastors down there in Louisiana and he had he had this like hose and we had this little plastic cup and we, we he like he had us go up and he said just put it there and see what happens and I was one of the last guys, and, like, I had seen, like, you know, a little plastic rip and start to come out, and I had seen, you know, just, just like, what do you expect? And as I put my cup in there, the cup literally flew back about 10 feet. And I just, I just have that, that, that picture is what God wants to do in each and every one of you tonight. Like, I don't care, I don't care if you're Ryan and you've been doing ministry for a while, I don't care if you're in the sound booth, I don't care how long you've been doing this. 
but God just wants to fill us up all the night. And like we've had some pretty radical worship going on, but I know we're going to at least have one more song because we're going to do communion. <laughs> but just in Psalm 34, it says that we magnify the glory of God. And sometimes, sometimes we position our, our faith upon like needing to see a breakthrough or like one thing, but don't, don't let your faith be boxed in any longer. Like God did not pour out his blood just for you to, just for you to see a miracle. Like he, he paid the price to be with you every day. Like it doesn't matter where you are in your faith, just don't leave this place without more. Like the universe is rapidly expanding. Like David knows you got astronomy, right? Like the universe is constantly expanding and he wants to fill us with more of his fullness each and every day. So it doesn't matter where you're at, just, I don't know how much long we got, but at least for one song, just posture yourself in whatever, whatever it looks like to be completely submitted to God. Like Nate, like Nate did earlier, just lay down everything, you know, lift it up to the God. And as we're in a position of posture, just lock eyes with the Father. And God, as we see you tonight, as we look in your eyes, and as your eyes just pierce our hearts, God, just show us who we are. Because in order to see who we are, we cannot first help but see who you are, God. God, just come have your way, God. That's good. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, we actually have couple more testimonies, but we we're going to share them tonight, but I think what we're going to do is we have about five weeks, four weeks left in Alive, and we're going to share one each night, each week. So next week, Blaine's going to share, and uh, we're just going to do that each week. But we have cool, uh, two cool opportunities tonight, guys, that we want to do communion, and we want to have an offering. And last encounter night, a month ago, we raised $400 for the mission team. Now it's people here that stepped out in faith and gave. And tonight we have such a cool opportunity that we actually have a good friend that I've, I've met. And uh, she's a part of one of our small groups. But she's a, a, she already graduated and she's actually a leader at Crew. Her name is Michaela, right? Can you put up her picture, please? And she's decided and felt called to go on this crazy adventure that you may have heard of, that you may have heard that this crazy guy who doesn't wear shoes went on called the World Race, where you go to 11 countries in 11 months, and she leaves this summer. And uh, she has to raise around $17,000, and I think she's around 4,500 right now. And I don't have a doubt that God's gonna meet her and bless her with that. But I really felt it on my heart, how special would it be to take a special offering for her tonight? So I just ask you that as you come up for communion, as another way to step in to worship God, ask him if he would invite you into an opportunity to support and bless our sister, Michaela. If you want to, there's a box right there. If you, if you want to write a check to her, you can just write it directly to her. That's how you spell her name, Michaela Hartel. If you have cash, you can put into her and everything's gonna go to her to support her. And just someone who's been on a journey like this, she writes, she'll write a blog and this is her blog address. You can follow her, it's also on the announcement sheet. And you can support her by encouraging her and praying for her. So Michaela, I think it's so special that you're a leader from Crew 
And we just say we're all family in Christ. And we bless you and support you. David, Kate, and Whitney, do you guys want to come up, please? So on that day, the day he was betrayed, Jesus looked at his disciples, who he called friends, and he says, this is my body shed for you. And he said, after they broke bread and they ate and they fellowshiped together, he said, drink, this is my blood shed for you. And we do this as an act of remembrance and celebration of what our Lord and our Savior did for us. That he hung on that cross and that he died for each and every one of us. And I believe you, Nate Wells, if you were the only guy on earth, he would have still done that just for you. So guys, could we just take a moment as Matt and the band sing this song over us and just talk to the Lord. Remember what he did for you. Remember what he did for us. If there's anything in the way of you and Jesus, just talk to him and give it to him. And as you feel led, we invite you to come up and partake because he loves you. Blood 
Sing this out with Matt.
the prayer of our heart tonight is to be refreshed and renewed so we know him more. So at this time, I want to invite the leaders up front. And we always want to end our services just by offering an invitation for you to come and get prayer. And through this next song, if your heart connects with the song and you want to know him more, I encourage you, come up partner your faith with someone else's faith and let God move in a new way in your life our heart is to know you more Lord like we know a friend hey Ryan can you turn off the light up here thanks I reach out and you 
God, I, I thank you, Father, that that is the heartbeat of our cry, that we know you, Lord. God, I thank you for the ministries that take its place. And guys, I just, we're going to end with one more song. And there's pizza out there if you want to go get some pizza. We do need to be out of the building in half an hour. Um, but we want to end with this song. And we want this to be the declaration of what he's doing tonight. If anyone struggles with fear, please come up and get prayer in this song. Come up to Ryan Tucker. He wants to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I promise you, his love, his spirit makes us brave. And he'll do things in our lives that we could never do by ourselves. Let him meet you in that fear. Let his love make you brave. Oh! 